Welcome to the Bureau Briefing, a podcast by the Bureau of Digital, an organization devoted to giving digital professionals the support system they never had. Each episode, we're going to talk to a member of our community doing awesome, inspiring things. Now for your host, Carl Smith. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Bureau Briefing. It's Carl, and today we're having an episode that has been a long time coming for anyone who runs a digital studio. Because today, we're going to talk about the first agreement that's being created for digital studios, specifically around more of the the CMS-type projects, the marketing-type sites, but it's a beginning. And I'm really excited to have with me today Josh Barrett from Create Legal and Gabe Levine from Groundwork Legal. How are you guys doing? Really well, Carl. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, dude. Yeah. So this came up because in one of the Slack channels, uh, somebody basically started a thread and said, hey, is everybody else still dealing with the fact that we're working with old baseline contracts from the print world, you know, and, and that sort of thing? And then somebody actually called you out, Gabe, and said, hey, Gabe Levine, fix this. So what was that like when you when you got the call to the Slack channel? Nice. Um, I mean, you may remember, Carl, from the very first, uh, what was it then, um, Shop Talk, the, oh, yeah. the name of Owner Camp prior, uh, that this idea had crossed my mind and, it, and I brought it up. Um, and one of the reasons is that for any of us who've ever signed or worked with in any way the um, construction contracts, they have this lovely form, um, right? That, that is very beneficial in general to the general contractors and subcontractors. So it, it crossed my mind that all of the shittery that I was dealing with and trying to negotiate these things stemmed at least in part from the other side saying, well, it's standard that X, Y, Z. Um, and I had this experience of representing numerous agencies, but no sort of retort other than the AIGA, which they seemed dismissive of, and frankly, which wasn't tailored really for most of the work I was doing. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, it's time. Get your ass in gear. But I'm definitely not doing this alone. So hi, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember you texted me. You're like, uh, we had this discussion on the Slack and talking about doing this agreement. Do you want want in? And I was immediately, it's like, yeah, let's do it. I have to say, on behalf of the thousands of digital agencies that are going to know about this at the beginning of 2018, thank you. Because we modified and hacked. You've both seen them. You've seen the documents that we created on our own. So I'm kind of curious. When when you first start an engagement with a digital agency and you look at uh, the basically the agreements and the contracts we've come up with, do you see a lot of the same mistakes? I mean, we were doing the best we could. You know, I, I, I mean, Gabe and I both see hundreds of agreements per year inbound and, and the ones our clients come to us and, um, you know, they range from, you know, okay to dangerous. And uh, so, <laughs> you know, we're hoping to <clears throat> narrow down the amount of opportunities we're in the, where we're in the dangerous category. And a lot of them, we're not a lot, but uh, a good number of folks come to us 
whether I've seen it with freelancers and I've seen it with large agencies, they come to us with some version of the AIGA standard form of agreement. Um, And I'm on the board of the local chapter of AIGA here, and they do a really good job. And that agreement is actually a, um, a great comprehensive sort of issues checklist, but um, we didn't think it often doesn't work for many digital agencies because it's pretty one-sided. It's um, it's kind of full of legalese. And so even though I refer to it often and I know the people that wrote it and I've visited with them in person, um, we thought we could come up with something that was a little bit more practical and based on our experience and what it takes to get, you know, have an agreement that's sort of down the middle that can get signed and get that deposit in the door. So you can get to, so the agency can get to work. Well, yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it. And I think that's also part of it. Like when Gabe and I first met, I was the person that had just published an article about why contracts weren't necessary in a fairly major digital publication. And um, and Gabe luckily saved me. He was my salvation. Uh, but one of the things was it took so long to go through that contract process. And and we did start with the IGA. And I have to say, it. Thank goodness it was there. You know, yeah. I don't know what we would have done if that hadn't been there. But but now, and and just like you were saying, Josh, you know that there's that that good checklist kind of uh, part of the AIGA contract. But now we're moving on to create something for us. So, so what is that process like? Like, I know the two of you work together, but but how did you start? Well, so it started with with a bang, right? We're exchanging stuff over um, over email and a Google Doc, and then um, as things do, you know, for a week or two or more, it kind of went by the wayside, and. And I knew to get my ass in gear, I needed a deadline, and I wanted to, um, I wanted to meet with Josh in person. He's up in Portland, I'm down in the Bay Area, so um, I asked him if that was cool. He's cool with it, and we scheduled a date um, up in Portland. And uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I went up there, and we got a ton of work done um, on the MSA. Uh, kind of reached from, you know, version 1.1 to now we're at, you know, 3.3 in that drafting. Um, and I think we're pretty close to there on on the MSA. Um, and we have a draft SOW to iterate on now as well. Uh, and so we'll, we'll trade that back and forth. Josh is going to come uh, come down to the Bay Area and we're going get, to get to work on putting together some, some guidance and introductory materials for, for people. Um, and I, I think Josh, uh, Josh was a little reticent, like maybe we're going to disagree about a lot of stuff. And of course, you know, for those, those people that, um, haven't worked with me too much, um, maybe I seem like I'm a little bit tough, to come <laughs> to but, um, <laughs> but, um, I was, as it turns out, very agreeable. Um, and we got, we got a ton done. Um, and then in, you know, I know Josh, also sort of has some unique ideas that I'll let him talk about in terms of, um, you know, format. And he's ex- exceedingly good at, at cutting, cutting uh, words, too much wordiness and, and legalese. So that was an important part of the process for us in this as well. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, even though Gabe and I have similar practices, 
Um, <clears throat> I'd probably say with, with me being up in Portland, more of my clients sort of bend to the design side and maybe in San Francisco, they bend more to the development side. I don't know if that's, you know, a stereotype or universally true, but we, we do have different experiences from other places in our career. And, and we knew that, that combining those experiences would help create uh, a better product. Um, and we, we really did try and, um, balance those experiences and have something that was tight, you know, well-written as a, as a, as a piece of writing. And that was efficient about getting the job done that it had to do. I mean, you know, clients like short agreements because it's, you know, less brain damage to read through. Um, but there's also business reasons to, to be as efficient as possible because, um, you know, it's, Clients are more likely to be able to read through and 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 agree to a short agreement than a long agreement, and so we really worked hard to be uh, efficient both with the SOW and the MSA document. Well, and I think that's critical for the shops as well, because well, when you're trying to close that prospect, the last thing you want is to shove a volume of words in front of them. Um, by the same token, it's a fine balance because you also want to look like a professional entity. You don't want to look like somebody that's just going to get pushed around. So it's uh, it's it's an interesting balance to strike. And I had not even thought about it until we were <laughs> on this podcast, but how well the two of you balance each other out. That That is awesome. Um, and, and one of the questions I have, and I, you were hinting at it a little bit, but so, so you've got more design-oriented clients. Um, in Portland. I, I think that does hold true, by the way. I, I think San Francisco, while there's a lot of great design, there's a real emphasis on the development side. But just looking at the shops themselves, they were all so different, right? I mean, you just ask somebody about the project management system they use and they will roll their eyes because nothing fits them. Right. And so it's the same thing here. It's like no agreement is going to fit any one shop. So when you start looking at that, like how do you find the baseline that we can all start from? Yeah, well, so obviously it's hard to craft anything that's one size fits all, right? Um, and you're much better off if you can take this thing and run with it with your own lawyer, whether that's one of us or someone else, um, and use it as kind of a guide and a template. But what Josh and I did and I think it was Josh who originally had this idea was to to think about doing versions, right? If we're going to ship this and get anything out the door, we got to confine ourselves to something in this first version. Otherwise we'll be trying to solve a thousand problems. So that's what we did. Um, and like you said at the outset, Carl, we tried to keep this sort of tailor it to uh, front, you know, front end design C or front end development, um, CMS level development and design work. Um, and then in later versions, we may want to iterate on that. I think likely will, um, and give different template statements of work for different types of work that agencies do. See, I, I love this idea of somebody being able to take this. And, and work with either of the two of you, or if they have a lawyer they've been working with. And those of us that had lawyers that were not specialized in the digital space, we suffered 
because they didn't have a grasp of how different it was. So it feels like this could be almost like a, an on-ramp for them to start to understand, oh, wait, this is different. Yeah, there are a lot of differences. And and I think the the point about a template is really important because I have, you know, I can think of a couple of clients I met with in the last week and they would describe themselves, you know, they, we do, you know, small business websites, we build on WordPress and, and we do front end design. I mean, those are exactly the words that they would use to describe themselves. But when I peel back the layers and talking to them, um, you know, they have different processes that they manage and, and they think, you know, certain of their strengths are different or they have different um, risk profiles that they're comfortable with. You know, one client might be more cavalier about certain things and another client is very risk averse. And so even though, even if the, uh, for any particular project, the deliverables would be identical, businesses are still different. And so the agreement will need to be customized to reflect those things. But yes, it's a great, it's a great launching point to, to be able to get into those things with one of us or, or someone's own lawyer. So, so when we look at this and realize that it's a, a first version, what are, like at a high level, what are the things that you're hitting on in this MSA statement of work kind of combo? Yeah, the, you know, all the, the key, everything you need and nothing you don't, maybe is the way, you know, intellectual property ownership and, and licensing uh, termination and the important kill fees, obviously invoicing and payment. Uh, there's a really important section, both in the agreement and the SOW, about client obligations and assumptions to ensure that the um, client is doing its part and and you know providing its deliverables when it's supposed to, and that it's cooperating over the course of the project. And we've all seen uh, plenty of projects go off the rails um, when a when a client isn't the most cooperative. Uh, and, and this agreement is built to give the agency some choices when those things happen. You know, I remember there was a video on termination and kill fees. I can't remember what it was called, though. <laughs> Gabe, do you have any clue what that was? Uh, F and percent something. <laughs> so, so you, Gabe, did you handle that section of the draft? Um, we, you know, I mean, as much as you can pair program a contract, we did. Um, nice. and it was, and it was really fucking fun. Um, I mean, Josh and I, <laughs> no, I, it was, um, I mean, Josh and I have the benefit of having our own practices, which means we get to do a lot of things that are great that lawyers that have to sit in a large or even medium sized law firm office every day. But what we don't get nearly enough of, um, is collaboration. And I personally miss it. I'm, Pretty damn sure Josh misses it too. So that's right. Um, yeah. So it was a really fun process. And um, is you know, as we were finishing up the day in Portland, I was like, "So when are you coming down to San Francisco so we can so we can put dot the eyes and cross the t's." Well, and and uh, and the and just like a couple of weeks or maybe it was ten days after we finished, Gabe, you just sort of texted me out of the blue, and you're like, "I'm really excited about what we made." I'm like, "Yeah, I think I think this is this is really great," and I'm you know, I'm excited to use it in my own practice with my own clients, and and you know, it just it it upped working on it with Gabe upped my game, and I, I think Gabe would say the same thing, and so we both have some new stuff to um, uh, to help our respective clients with. For sure. Yeah. The, the knowledge in that room, Carl, just the sheer power. 
Well, I'm I'm excited because we're going to be sharing this at Owner Summit, right? This February when we're getting together at the Isle of Palms in Charleston, we're we're going to have like 150 owners who I think are going to be salivating to just find out more. And and that to me is is when this gets really fun because we're going to be able to start giving everybody something where they can say, well, the industry standard is right? Like we've said it a lot, but it's been total BS. Like we just say, Hey, if you just say it's the standard, it's totally fine. Everybody will believe you. Nobody knows. But, uh, but now we're going to have something that we can actually have be our version or, or have the impact that that AIGA contract had. That that's the hope. I mean, ultimately, you know, this, this has a lot of reasons for being, um, but if <laughs> That first time that either Josh or I are in a negotiation and we're able to either this comes up on the other side or we're able to um, point to it and you know show the the potency of the bureau because a very important part of this is the the bureau community and the fact that there are, are so many members and so the really the higher to use a, a you know sort of term of art I guess the adoption rate. And more people who are using this and the more it's talked about and amplified, um, the more it'll be better for everyone who's trying to use it as a standard. And the more I think Josh and I and other lawyers who are trying to help out agencies can say, no, no, your standard is not the standard. That's the standard for funded startups in Silicon Valley. The standard for agencies is. Right. And then point to it. Yeah, that's great. And, and you know, I'm really looking forward to feedback um, at Summit and afterwards, uh, just because, I mean, it happens every day where I've been doing this for over 20 years and and I work on contracts every day. And then a client asks a question or raises something and it's a little wrinkle on something that I haven't thought about. And I get to think about it and, and come up with something new or realize, hey, we can tackle that. That'll benefit, that'll benefit a bunch of people. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to the feedback. And I think that will help develop it into that kind of industry standard tool and, you know, rising tide will float, float all boats. <laughs> so, so obviously, you know, February, you're going to be presenting it. You're going to be unveiling it as it were, uh, the, this first version. And then what, like, how do you keep it fresh? How do you expand it out? Well, um, I will probably have to have like uh, goals and a regular schedule of meetings. But to be 100% honest, I don't know that we've thought that far ahead. Um, I, I think we're planning on iterating and rolling out with a new version, say, maybe every six months. Um, and then there will be updates, presumably, to the – and the, the version will really, I think, be – more about SOWs, um, versions of SOWs tailored to specific things that agencies do. Um, you know, marketing, SEO, advertising, SEM, um, something that's more focused on, on development, um, you know, something that is more focused on branding, which is more unique than, than a lot of this, um, and creating logos and trademarks for businesses. Um, and then as we go, sort of on what I suspect will be an irregular schedule, we'll probably give um, updates to the MSA when when we uncover those things that Josh was talking about, you know, those little nuggets that we think we can add to help out. And I can see where we can keep the Bureau community involved in this by, you know, the people who are using the contract can feed back to you in mass 
Like this is the pushback we're hearing. These are things people are asking, you know, different questions around it from the client side. So that when you do every six months or however, you could go in armed a little bit knowing what the masses are hearing. The masses, you know what I'm saying? The masses. Yeah. The masses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those masses could like feedback to you too. And then you could yeah. like, cons- no, I'm just kidding. We'll do it. <laughs> you could filter it all out, Carl. <laughs> I do. I filter it all out. I'm filtering this out actually. When you ask me, I'll say, no, I don't remember Gabe saying that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Plausible deniability, gentlemen. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I learned that from Hamilton, not from anything legal. So apologies. And it, you know, in addition to the additional SOWs, we're gonna we're putting together a little uh, explainer document, some commentary that goes along with it, and that's also a piece that uh, we hope will iterate over time to maybe provide some um, you know alternatives on on how to negotiate certain provisions or some different. You know, sometimes I find a negotiation can be resolved by asking the other side, hey, you know, what's the what's the business reason for that request? And and really getting into the 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 business explanation can help address problems or come up with alternative language rather than just pushing, you know, markups back and forth, which doesn't do anybody any good except Gabe and I. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you said that, I reckon, Josh, because I, I was about to say, that. wait a minute. I recognize that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll, um, I'll do this, and and um, if for some reason uh, Carl feels uh, uncomfortable with it, he'll cut it. But um, so for those of you who are tuning in for uh, and being introduced to Josh for the first time, um, he's he's simply an excellent uh, transactional lawyer and negotiator, and he's recently published, and there is now available a book on negotiating those hideous inbound contracts that Josh and I um, and lots of lawyers representing small businesses have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Um, And uh, I suspect that many of most, all of you could benefit from that. So take a look. Oh, wow. Cut it hell. I'm going to put it in the show notes. Are you kidding me? I want a copy (laughs) of that thing and I don't even do it anymore. I just want to see what I did wrong. Well, that's nice of you to say, Gabe and Carl. And uh, I bet you we can um, we can work out a thing for folks in the bureau so they can get their hands on it. There you go. We'll have some there. Well, gentlemen, I have to thank you um, on behalf of the bureau community. Going into 2018, knowing that we're going to have this in our arsenal is just amazing. So thank you both very much. You bet. Thank you. And to everybody listening. If you want to see this agreement, if you want to hear Josh and Gabe talk about it, if you want to ask them questions about it, there's one place you can do that. And that's going to be Owner Summit at the Isle of Palms in Charleston. That's February 11th through 13th. So grab your ticket. We've only got a few left. And everybody else who's not coming, I guess you're just going to have to suffer through the way that you've been doing. But eventually, I'm sure we'll get it out to you. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to everybody soon.